Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast. And this week, it's Chris's pick, and it is Skid Row. The debut <laughs> album from Skid Row. Guys, y'all ready to do this? <laughs> Anthony, yeah, I'm ready. Let me hear you tag. Uh-oh. I got a tag oh, on if you fail today, so let's go. Oh, my. Oh, my. Here we go. How about this? Boss screaming in my ear about who I'm supposed to be. Get a three-piece Wall Street smile and sun. You'll look just like me. I said, hey, man, there's something you ought to know. Well, I tell you, the Audible Ecstasy podcast leads to Skid Row. Skid Row. Row. <laughs> <laughs> Mine it was, certainly uh, does. Oh, my God. It's time to do some talking. Or no, hell, I already botched it. It's time to light up a smoke and do some talking with the back of our hands, boys. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. We've already brought out a slap. There you go. That's the 80s for you. It is the (laughs) 80s in all of its glory. All right, boys, let's get this thing started. Track number one, Big Guns. Baseball. Church service. Clearly, clearly. All right, guys. So, Big Guns. This is, uh, I mean, I think this, this is a great way to start this album out. I'll be honest with you. It's a rocking riff. Um, Sebastian's sounding great. This is the introduction. If you didn't watch the videos prior to this album coming out, this will been the first thing you'd heard when you popped this cassette in or through the CD in the CD player. Um, you know what? I think this kind of is a precursor of what we're getting ready to hear as far as style and sound. Obviously, this is going to be a little bit more edgier '80s style metal, in my opinion. A little bit hard, a little bit, maybe a little bit harder in some cases. Of course, we got a couple of uh, tunes coming up that are going to be like you know the, the standard '80s ballad, but uh, nonetheless, perfect way to start the album out. Um, I think this album or this song, I should say, "Big Guns," it's coming in at a seven and a half for me. I think it's somewhere between. Uh, 
very good and great and uh, or excuse me great and excellent that's my bad and um, that's where i'm gonna stand chris yeah this is quite the rocker to start the the album off you're right there a little heavier than your than your normal 80s uh hair metal i think i, I don't know felt more in the guns and roses la guns kind of camp kind of has Maybe. a vibe they've, i agree they've got a they've got an edge to them I, i'll give them that and, and sebastian's yeah. vocals they're definitely on point uh i really like old dave uh sabo's guitar tone yeah. in this the, on the whole album really he's, he's got great tone um uh, kind of comes in on this one he's got a pretty good riff that carries throughout the song yeah man it's just a fun rocking tune a good way to start the album it's like they just turned it up to 11 and, and just went yeah. and um yeah, I gave it an eight. I think it's an excellent opener. Perfect. Anthony, how do you see Big Guns? Yeah, I also gave it an eight. Uh, excellent song, heavy, loud, and my favorite word, bombastic. <laughs> it's a very bombastic right. album. I'll say that a few times tonight. Uh, gets the head banging. Great way to lead an album in. Band sounds fantastic. And like Jimmy said, it gets you ready for what's to come. Uh, no complaints. So digging it. Give it an eight. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, we're going to go track number two. It's called Sweet Little Sister. So Sweet Little Sister, man, this one starts off, it's a pretty fast-paced riffing song, and it's got some absolutely dirty-minded lyrics throughout. This is pure 80s hair lyrics, if you've ever listened to this one. I mean, it's easy to listen to. This song rocks. It's not as good as Big Guns, in my opinion, guys. Um, I still think it's very strong. Lyrics would likely get them crucified today. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, we all had a blast living through this era of the 80s and listening to this stuff. So I'll be honest with you, the solo fantastic it's excellent it's blazingly fast snake sabo tearing this one up um i do like this one i find it somewhere between very good and great i'm at a six and a half on this tune chris what do you think about sweet little sister yeah you're right about the the lyrics it's just a 80s cheese fest full of sexual innuendo that's basically what uh Oh, you mean Sebastian she's not going is. to the library? I thought she was going not to the library. Today, buddy. Not today. <laughs> oh, okay. that's what old, I was confused. That's what old Seabass does best there, I have to say. Yeah, uh, you know, the rhythm section is prominent in this song. I feel like there's a lot of bass guitar in this one, which, you know, they kind of like drive it with the, the, the rhythm section does a good job on this song. You know, I well, agree I, with you on I that. I agree. 
You, you, I agree with you, you know why? The, the writers of this song is yeah. Rachel Bowen, the bassist, and, and Snake Sabo, the guitarist. Yeah. This oh, is well, why this song write. fits so well. I mean, it fits They write all the together. music, right? I mean, I oh, think yeah. they pretty much write Just everything. about 90% of it, yeah. Part of the, yeah, it, the, the, the one thing I will say is the guitar solo, while it is good, is really short. Uh, I said that actually, that's the case on a lot of this music. Uh, this song is just over three minutes. I, I, I'm starting to think, you know, I wonder what the reasoning for how short some of these songs are. I normally complain about songs being too long, but some of these songs just are over in a blink of an eye. And, and I, I wonder, is this due to them trying to get them on the radio? Is this uh, Bon Jovi's influence saying you guys got to cut these there down? You, to get them, you know, I mean, because I know they helped produce this album, right? Yeah, um, you answered your own question, Chris, because that's exactly yeah. what they were planning. They were planning radio songs that could be released and played on radio if they were accepted, because this was a challenge for Bon Jovi. Yeah. They loved these guys, apparently, and they threw them out and threw them a bone. And, of course, yeah. here they are, because although they're all, Skid Row's not from the Jersey area, they all collaborated and became a Jersey band. You know what I mean? For the most right. part. So yeah. well, I yeah, thought they were from I mean, Jersey. That, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, uh, like, Sebastian's from, like, Canada, if I'm not mistaken, man. man he may be. Well, he came. Yeah, he's yeah, a hard he gun almost. <clears throat> Regardless, uh, for this song, uh, I give it a seven and a half. I, I do think it's a, a rocker, man. It really is. It's just a little too short for me because it just – and that's not the only time I, I'll say that tonight, but I, I don't know. It seemed like the actual hits they had on the radio went longer, but but a lot of this stuff that, that was that never got released was just like three minutes long. I just I don't quite understand that mindset, but – Weird, yeah, anyway, and and we could have had a little better guitar solo because he rocked what he put in there. You know? Oh, dude, it's a blazing fast. Well, that's yeah. the thing; it was fast, but geez, Louise. All right, yep. so, Anthony, sweet. Uh, yeah, man, I think it's an eight. Uh, it's another excellent tune. Oh. You know, much like the last song, the band sounds fantastic. Drums, guitars are on point. Uh, Sebastian's vocals are powerful again. Yeah, I, I said the same thing in my notes about that. It's a killer guitar solo, but it's awfully short. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like it could have been a notch longer. But really, no complaints, man. It's just it's two for two, you know, two two excellent songs to start this album. So uh, can't complain All about right. it. But the lyrics, like you said, man, it's uh, a few <laughs> lyrics in there. You're like, wow, we actually grew up with lyrics on songs like this that were popular. We somehow turned out okay. I'm just saying, is that uh, right? It was it definitely was still, a different time. That, that would not look today at all. There's a poison yeah. song that says, you know, if I can't have her, I'll take her and make her. You know, I want action or whatever it is. I want action. I like, That's it. Yeah. yeah. And I was listening to that going with it. It's like, really? You just said you'll date rape somebody <laughs> if you don't have sex? And that was okay? That was a hit? Yeah. You know? That yeah. was like a, a time, single man. on the radio. Good time. It just surprised me to hear some of those songs. And like 17, you know, I mean, my God. I mean, you know, Winger's 17. That would, it's just amazing what these bands got away with in the 80s. It's it's crazy. But anyways. Excellent. Yeah. That's what made so, us so cancel culture was not around back in those days, so they could kind of get okay. away. In with some it. ways, some of it should have been, some of it shouldn't have been, probably. But <laughs> yeah. So, but you like those songs, don't you, Anthony? Oh, I enjoy the heck out of those songs. Yeah. I'm not gonna say I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Seventeen's an amazing song. The guitar, everything in that song's great. But uh, yeah, it's killer. It's killer. As a yeah, parent, it's, it's these so, days, they're so catchy. Yeah, right. As a parent, I'm like what? And getting older, <laughs> it's like you start to listen to stuff in a different way. So, anyways. Oh yeah. But, well, this move is forward to track number three. It's called Can't Stand the Heartache. Chris, hit it.
can't stand the heartache. So I'm going to be curious to see if this has ever had any kind of concert plays. And I don't know if you looked it up this week or not, Anthony, but I didn't. let me tell you I something. Done that in a while. This song is so, so good. I absolutely love this song. And it's because this sounds like nothing else on this record. This one surprised me the most. And I haven't listened to this record and the whole record all the way through in, I don't know, 25, 28 years, something stupid. I mean, it's a long, long time ago. And this song's a freaking sleeper. I think it's excellent. I love this song. This is probably my favorite song on this album, aside from Youth Gone Wild. Um, I'm telling you right now, dude, I, I this one hooked me because it sounds different. This is an absolute pure 80s song, if there ever was one. I love it. I'm, I'm at an eight and a half, guys. I'm, I'm between excellent and outstanding, and that's where I'm standing. This is probably going to be y'all's lowest score, but I don't know what it is. Something grabbed me on this song. Love it. Chris. I, I agree with you. <clears throat> you know, it feels like it could have been a single. I'm a little surprised it wasn't because it, it does have that feel. I think it was written to be a single, and for whatever reason, it just never made it. It wasn't a single, right? I think, Yeah, I no, think they just not, had the three. No, there's only three singles. Yeah. And we yeah. know the big three. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I feel like uh, I feel like Sabo's riffs are, are solid on this. I love his guitar tone, like I said. And Sebastian, you're right. He's got a little extra oomph in his vocals on this, if, if you know what I mean. I, I wrote this down, and this, okay, I'm, I'm just going to preface this. <clears throat> I do think he kind of reminds me of Brett Michaels sometimes, except he's a much better singer than Brett Michaels. But he does these, <laughs> like. I don't think so. He does these parlor tricks, like I've said Brett does, where he's like throws a lot of extends the syllables and throws a lot of cuz and hus and yeah yeahs and stuff into, into his music, you know. <laughs> and, and I mean, he does. And like, I don't, I, I'm sure these guys were influenced maybe by Poison to some degree because they were extremely successful back then and they were just trying to do. I mean, Sebastian is a much better singer. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. He has some vocal range. This guy actually can hit one some of the notes. better ones in the hair. Yeah, I, Brett can never hit the notes. This guy is as far as that goes in his prime. I know maybe now it's tough. I don't know. Like I'm not sure what Sebastian sounds like now, but in 1989, the guy could hit some notes. You know, and I think he sounds still pretty good. Tell you the truth, I, you know, I think he does. I, I think he does too. To be honest yeah. with you, yeah. But that said, I think I think it's a, a great song. I gave it an eight. So yeah, I, I'm with you, Jimmy. This is a fantastic tune, man. Excellent. Andy, hey, what you I'm, think about? It felt like oh, it could have been a single. Yeah, I do. I agree. It's it's a it's it's a, like a rocker, man. It's 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 a hidden gem. Anthony, what would you think about? Can't stand the I, actually, I was a notch lower on this one than the the first two. I gave it a seven instead. But, okay. Uh, um, but I said I like the harmonies, the lead it in, follow the guitar. And the big drums. Uh, Sebastian sounds great on vocals. And even myself, I thought he had it. He changed up his style a little bit. I was like, a little smoother or something. It wasn't as harsher as he, as he normally does. It was his normal Sebastian screech. It wasn't a bad thing. It still sounded really good. The dude can flat out sing. Uh, you know, it's another excellent guitar solo. It's sort of short for music like this, but uh, it doesn't hurt it. Uh, great tune. Not as I don't think it's as strong as the last two. But it's still a, a solid tune, man. It's a seven. There's nothing bad on this album. So even when it dips a notch, it's still a great song. So I give it a it seven. It barely dips anywhere, man. I agree. There's really not any dips on this album, to tell you the truth. Jimmy's I got a dip later on. I I, I, there's, one, there's one song for sure that dipped for me, but we'll get to that one in a little while. All right. Fair enough. Let's go to the next track. It's track number four. It's called Peace of Me. Chris. Oh, 
All right. Piece of me. And I love the baseline introduction here. You can tell that Rachel Bolin wrote this song. I mean, holy moly. And then the guitars fall into place. And, you know, lyrically, I, I never realized Sebastian was a cross-dresser. Uh, during the song, he states he has on his heels and looking pretty on a Saturday night. It's impressive. Way to go, Sebastian. Nonetheless, all joking aside, this song does rock. I mean, the lyrics, pure cheese. It's 80s. I get it, and it's great. I think it's an excellent song. It's a rocker. Uh, the best part of the song, we didn't get it. It's it's the solo. If you guys agree, that solo is absolutely amazing on this song. Once again, not super long, but I think that fits their – the way they were working on these, you know, short songs, you can't make somebody go out and rip a, you know, 45 second and minute solo. Um, <laughs> sure but, um, you got, and this may not have been a single, but this was a video. They had a video for this back in the day on MTV. So yeah. isn't that weird? That is weird. They did uh, that. Sometimes. No less. Um, I found this between excellent and outstanding. I'm at eight and a half. Chris, piece of me. Yeah. You, you stole my very, man, that bass line at the beginning of burner. I mean, it's just like, so Rachel Bowen, does Rachel have a nickname? Because that is a woman's name. That's just all there is to it. I, I'm. You don't see too many know. men named Rachel. No, you're right. You don't. I, <laughs> you I think he would have. You got Snake Sabo. Like, can yeah, they come up with a nickname for this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, did Rachel have you're, that ear piercing? That like piercing his nose? nose and the chain running to his ear? Was he the one in the band? It was like that. I think he was. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The, the guitar solo, fantastic, but quick. That was another uh, one of my notes. Uh, it does have a very catchy chorus. You know, it's one of those come get some kind of songs, you know, yeah. you know piece of me kind of thing. Uh, yeah, Sebastian does those well. He really does. Uh, <laughs> I find uh, kind of humor in his tough guy approach he comes to, in with some of these songs. Right. I think he was uh, a pretty big hothead back in the day, though. So oh, oh yeah. Well. Yeah, there's a lot of stories oh, they're there all, about they're I mean, all they, potheads, they just couldn't buddy. get along. It's, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I gave it seven and a half. I think it's between uh, great and excellent. All right, cool. Anthony, what did you think about Peace and Me? Yeah, I'm right there with Chris. I gave it a seven and a half. Uh, I, I too, said, you know, I love the bass guitar. It leads this one in. As a fan of the bass, I always love when they highlight that instrument. Uh, song itself is another, I said, ass kicker. Heavy, loud, bombastic. There's that word again. <laughs> the kind of song that tests the speakers, man. Uh, digging it. Sitting nicely between great and excellent, so seven point five for me. This is one of those kind of, you know, speaker thumpers, so to speak. You turn it up, nice and loud. So, yeah, nice, solid tune. Very good. All right, let's go to track number five. It's called Eighteen in Life." Chris, I wish I knew this one. Yeah, it's never been released. It's never been overplayed.
right, 18 in life. I'm going to go ahead and reiterate the fact that I'm not a huge fan of ballad songs. It's a ballad. It's a mid-tempo rocker, man. Oh, my God. It's a ballad, and you know it. No, it's uh, not. It has a great story. It's a memorable song. I mean, it certainly was a hit for Skid Row back in the 80s, and although I appreciate, I appreciate this song, it's not one of my favorites. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, still, this song is absolutely very good, and it has I, – I guess it stood the test of time. I still hear it on satellite radio on occasion. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, I will say this. There is a better – ballad style song at the end of this record uh i'm i would this is one i would typically skip only because it's right. just not my Come style on, but Damn. i do appreciate this song i do find it to be somewhere between great and excellent i'm at a seven and a half Chris, <laughs> really seven and a half come on, come on jimmy this isn't like either perfection for this band this is perfection for this band man oh my god you all uh, see, i need to i need to get like a boo app on this you can song. boo it all you want i didn't say it was a bad song i said it's between great necks and how just surprised i thought you'd you go guys are it. absolutely crazy for not thinking i don't think it's a good song uh, I can't well, I'm not saying you don't think it's a good song. I'm just saying is I'm just surprised you didn't go higher because just oh, man, it, what yeah. it means for the genre, what it means for the band, what it yeah. means for eighties ah, music see, I don't, style. I man. don't rate the music because of what it did for the genre or for the band. I rate it because of what how I hear it. So see, I that's where we're way. different. You have to you have to put historical context in somewhat uncertain songs when you rate certain them, I think. This but is the kind of song where you kind of it's kind of your feelings. Plus, what God. it means to the genre in my mind. For you got to kind of mix both home, of those. I did say this is between great and excellent. <laughs> I uh, I didn't know I was going to offend anybody this morning by giving it a good score. I guess I, I should have went uh, a little lower. It just All surprised right, me. Didn't go a little higher on this. This has been well, a this, this was a big hit for these guys. Uh, <laughs> it was a hit. I just don't. Yeah, like it was it. a big hit for these guys. Uh, man, I, I tell you what. I, for me, uh, I've always loved the song. Uh, you know, it's got some gripping subject matter to it. Kind of, kind of for like the time. You know, they weren't talking about prostitutes and going down Sunset Strip or whatever. This is actually like got a real story behind it. Uh, extremely catchy chorus. I think Sebastian's vocals are very powerful in this song. I mean that that part I grabbed there right before the guitar solo. He just like I don't know how high he gets on that. Um, yeah, he's amazing. I think it's this is. They don't really have a true ballad. Everything they kind of like start out slow winds up building into like a mid-tempo rocker. <laughs> but but uh, it's perfection, man. It's a ten. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is this is Fair a enough. ten, man. Anthony, yeah. did you ten this one too? Go ahead, buddy. Uh, songfacts.com. We'll leave the suspense build for a bit, but I think you guys know where I'm going. <laughs> um, anyway, seven and a half. I got a million. Everybody, everybody knows me on this podcast. Uh, they know <laughs> Ballad Boy's going on this song. Um, song facts. This song tells the story of Ricky, a poor tough as nails, 18 year old who gets drunk and accidentally kills someone with his gun, earning him a life sentence in jail, which we all know. Skid Row guitarist Dave Snake Sabo wrote it after reading in a local newspaper about an 18 year old boy who shot his friend by accident. He thought the gun wasn't loaded and eventually ended up in prison for life. The group's bass player, Rachel Bullen, co-wrote the song, so... A little bit of song facts. There wasn't a lot of song facts this week, but uh, the big ones had it. So, anyways, yeah, man. You know, for me, this is a ten. It's perfection for Skid Row and this genre. I mean, it's a perfection for both. I think from the way this song starts to the way it builds to the vocals to the guitars to the drums, there is nothing that doesn't work in this song. And it's also one of the big songs coming out of the hair genre too. I mean, it's in probably top twenty hair genre songs. I would say maybe not top ten. Um, I love the way it starts slow, builds that powerful conclusion, 
Sebastian is killing it on vocals, solid guitar solo. Yeah, I could heap praise on it all day, but uh, it's simple perfection for many different factors. Many different factors, I guess you could say. So I give it a ten. Fantastic. I yeah, I had a feeling you guys were gonna go higher than me on that. I thought that'd be a thirty. Okay. I really did. I didn't think that would be uh Yeah, I, I thought know, when you well you, I knew you kind of insinuated there was only one ten for you, so I knew. You I did say that. 10, I but, I made it clear this week. There's one ten. Yeah. So <laughs> like, made I, I mean, I know where your ten is, obviously, but because uh, there is one like yeah, huge hit off his album. So. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the track number six. It's called Rattlesnake Shake. If you guys hated me on the previous song, you're really going to hate me now. Here we go. Well, this, ain't, love... no, this ain't 18 to life, but this is, this is not that kind of song. <laughs> well, prepare yourselves. All right, so Rattlesnake Shake. I do love how the pinch harmonics uh, Snake's pulling off in the intro. It, it leads you to believe this song is going to be an absolute slammer. The, hey, Jimmy, um, hold on a second. What did you say? Pinch harmonics? Mm-hmm. That's a squeals. They're called pinch harmonics on guitar. Okay. I didn't know that. So. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing that like Zach Wild would use on the Aussie stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Reminds me a lot of Zach Wild. And Good point. Yeah, yeah it, okay. it definitely has some Zach Wild worship for it. Right, heck, that came out about the same time when that when that Aussie album came out, The Rest of the Wicked. That came out about a year before this. So, yeah, nonetheless, I do love how this guitar work starts out because Dave is absolutely ripping it up. Um, I will say this. This is one of the better songs I've heard concerning the lifestyles of prostitutes. However, uh, <laughs> the song is funny. It's pure cheese. I appreciate it. It's just not one of my favorites. I still find it to be a very good sound, uh, song overall. It's just, you know, it's meh. You know, it's a, it, I, not meh. It's a six. I think it's very good. It's not a four. It's a six. I think it's very good. And uh, it's just it's just not one of my favorites on this record. That's all. Chris, what do you think about Rattlesnake Shake? Well, I think uh, Sabo's riffs are fantastic, man. He he crushes yeah. those. I, yeah, pitch harmonics, that's a perfect term. I really never knew what that was called either, and and I love that sound when I hear it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that one. Uh, <laughs> I don't. How many songs these guys have about prostitutes? They must have just hung out on the on the street all the time, man. I mean, it's just like <laughs> uh, or know, about half to. the songs on this album are about prostitution. I think or it's kinda, they uh, they didn't, and they just knew that was popular, so they wrote those kinds of songs. That's probably true. That's probably true. Probably John Bon Jovi in there. All right, guys, let's talk. Throw another one about prostitutes in there. 
Um, Got to work on this kind of <laughs> You know, you it's, an 80s, <laughs> it's an 80s song oh. full of cheese and double entendres. Uh, it's got a really catchy chorus. It's just so, you know what, I'll tell you, man, it, there's a point in, in that song, and I didn't catch it, but it reminds me so much of that uh, I Want Action by Poison, where it, you know that part where Brett's like, up in the back, I got something I want to show you. <laughs> there's a part in this song that reminds me so much of that, like right that right before Van the- Van Halen uh, talking? It's after the guitar solo, right? Go, I guess the, it's the pre-chorus after the guitar solo. It's, <laughs> it's just like so cheesy, but- that song, guys. This is a fun song. You can't help but like laugh when you listen to this song. It is. It is funny. I gave it an eight, man. I think it's excellent. It's my sleeper. It's wow. it's one of my favorite songs. Because you know, listen, I, the hits are great, but like, I kind of forgotten about this song, and I was just laughing the whole time it would play this week. So, yeah, I think I'm giving it an excellent. <laughs> All right, Anthony, what do you think about the rattlesnake shake? Yeah, I wrote uh, poor rattlesnake shake. You had to follow up eighteen in life. I pity you for that. Because well, you sandwich never between live, two bangers. Man. I'm telling you what, man. Because you can never live up to that greatness. But this song does a damn good job of trying to keep up. Solid tune. All the Skid Road tropes are all over this one. The big vocals, the heavy drums, the screeching guitars. I also like the little Van Halen talking part in the middle, too. Reminded me so much of what something Roth would do back in the day. Uh, it's an excellent tune, man. I gave it an 8, too. I think it's a banging tune. So, wow. uh, But some Fantastic. of these songs, I'm just like... I feel kind of feel sorry for them where they're on this album because you know a lot of people probably skip past this one to get to the next song. You know it, you know. Back I, well, I days. wonder. Uh, so we're talking about tape days, and this is probably more in the CD days. But uh, did Youth Gone Wild start the second track or side? Do you think? I would imagine it did start. I can't remember, man. I had this on cassette. Yeah. I didn't have it on CD, so or not for a long time. I mean, if so. it started at the second side, they probably just popped the tape out at the end of <laughs> before it even yeah, got the rattlesnake shake. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, I, I can. I don't know if I can find it or not real quick, but hey, nah, you're right. I would imagine it doesn't matter. I just kind of. I would imagine that they started side two off with you gone I would, I would almost guarantee it. Yeah, looking so, on where it is on this album, that's probably why it's in the seventh spot, right? Oh so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Eighteen and you have eighteen in life. You're like, well, I heard that one. Let me flip over to the other side and hear the next one. You probably, I bet you a lot of people didn't hear Rattlesnake Shake. <laughs> Possibly, for that, honestly, for that reason, it could very well be. And it, you know, maybe it's one that's just not as memorable to me. But yeah, man, nonetheless. So we're going to play the seventh track, which is Youth Gone Wild. Hit it, Chris. Another burnout 
smokes. Wow. I mean, do I even need to say anything? Jesus Christ. Uh, it's freaking fantastic. It's probably the best song by Skid Row ever. Uh, this is a screamer. It, if this doesn't pass Chris's crank test, I don't know what the heck will on this record. Uh, good Lord, guys. It's probably one of the best hair songs from the 80s. I dare argue this with anybody. It's a 10. It's perfection. This is absolute perfection. Chris. Yeah, it, it feels like it was written to be a, a huge it's an anthem, radio dude. success, man. Uh, the chorus is just so singable. Uh, Sebastian, his vocals are just perfect. But his his pitch is fantastic when he sings. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those songs you got to, like, pump your fist to. You know that one part where those drums are... <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's like, like a chance. Like, like, you can imagine it in concert, you know, as far as that goes. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, that guitar solo, man, one of the best guitar solos of the night in this song, too. This one was extended a little bit. It wasn't so it fast was. like some of the other ones. So, I mean, they should it's have done that. It's actually one of the, I mean, it's 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 a short song, a, but you're right. Minutes, so, like no, this is this a three-minute song, song, Chris. Is it really? Okay. Well, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. It doesn't get, it's no. not like over so fast. I mean, it's an absolute 80s rock anthem. That's all you can say about it. it it's perfection. It's it was easy 10, honestly. Dude, lyrically, God, so 18 good. Life so was good. maybe a little harder 10. This is an easy 10. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer right here. Yeah, right And on. I guess that's probably what 10 should be, no-brainers. <laughs> In all fairness. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Anthony, what do you think about Youth Gone Wild? Uh, songfacts.com. It's Skid Row's first single. It's about being true to yourself and not having to do what other people tell you. Or expect you to do. It's a sentiment their 20-year-old firebrand lead singer Sebastian Buck could relate to. It said Sebastian Buck told Guitar World that he latched onto the anthemic impact of the song before anybody else did. He explained, when Skid Row wanted me to join the band, they sent me a cassette with a bunch of songs on it, and that song was probably my favorite. When I joined the band, I got the tattoo of Youth Gone Wild on my arm, before we had a record deal, before we had a manager, I got Youth Gone Wild tattooed on my arm when we were a when we were a club band. Maybe it could be, you know, who knows? Maybe just blowing smoke. But anyways, I believed in that song with all my heart before anybody else did that I know about. He added, "A lot of people think I got that tattoo after we had sold a million copies of the record. I got it when we were completely unknown when nobody knew that song. That's when I got it." It just seems funny to me. He made a point to point out about his tattoo, but uh, who knows? It's a uh, soothsaying. Yeah, it, it <laughs> makes you wonder sometimes. Really, did he? Did he? You know, he's just saying. Well, that, the fact but, he's so uh, dogmatic about it, and nobody's like pushing the issue. You're like, oh, okay, I know. It's like you know, why, why are you why are you so worried about? It? Nobody's saying anything about it. Why are you worried about it? No kidding. Uh, so, no, yeah. no, no, no. I, I promise I got this tattoo yeah. before the album <laughs> The came. challenge was never out there, but he is defending I mean, it for sure. It's funny. That's the only song yeah. facts on it, too. That's really big song <laughs> facts was from that, you know. Might have been a few other ones in there, but that seemed like the one that jumped off at me. But, uh, you know, honestly, I didn't hear the perfection like you guys did. I gave it a nine. I think it's that's outstanding. Wow. wow. That's yeah. good, dude. That's uh, all right. I, I just, I, there's two on here that are easy perfection for me. No, no 30s tonight, then. Eh? Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised Jimmy didn't give the last one a perfection, or the second to last, because... Uh, Rattlesnake? No. Perfection. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it is. but I guess we'll get to it in a minute, but because Jimmy said there's only one perfection for him on this, right? In this uh, this yeah. album? And that's yes, it, brother. It. You just heard you it. Mean, Youth you gone mean wild. I remember you using up perfection either? It's not. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't hear the perfection in this one as much as I do in the other two, but... Uh, I do love how this song kicks in. When you hear that drum, you know what's about to drop. 
The song is another powerhouse. Sebastian's killing it on vocals. The band is on point. Love the guitars, the guitar solo, way it ebbs and flows. Love the hint of bass guitar throughout. Thundering drums, the harmonies. I guess some great harmonies on this song. Um, I do like that chant part where Chris was talking about where the drums kind of just go in at youth going. It's just like drums and vocals. It's so good. Uh, it's an outstanding song from start to finish, guys. I don't hear the perfection, but I do say it's an easy nine for me. So, And you guys were talking about uh, historical relevance for songs to make them. I think if you did Your argument top, is absolutely invalid. I'll bet you this. If you did a top 50 Harris songs, this wouldn't be in it. No, I don't think so. Actually, I, I, I did do a top 20 Harris songs when you made the comment a minute ago about the – uh, other tune, the 18 in life. It's not in there, uh, but uh, you've gone I'm going to tell you guys, one of these, one <laughs> of these articles came up. Uh, was bigger. I mean, the other one was bigger. One of these hair, hair medical articles came up in my feed the other day talking about the top 50 hair metal albums. This was at number two, just to let you know. Which wow, was, was it really? High. This album? Somebody put this at number two, and they made note of 18 in life, and Youth Gone Wild as being massive hits. And that's wow. for the reason they were there. Uh, that seemed a little hot. Well, I, I like, mean, but some, hey, somebody think, blabbermouth or somebody like put it out there, and I was just like, man, I wow. I mean, wow. personally, I remember you seems to be the song I hear more by them than any of the other ones. It is their top stream song. I remember you. Yeah, just to let you know. Yeah, that's the one to me. It always seems like when I hear the their Skid Row, that's one of the first ones that comes to mind. Is that it's probably one on a lot of power ballad playlists? Be my guess. Probably right, and if you if that's your style, it's definitely going to be there for sure. Right, no doubt about it. It's a killer ballad, Jesus. All right, let's move this forward. It's track number eight. It's called "Here I Am." Jimmy gets started. If you gotta tell some girl to close your eyes and pretend you're Superman, that's not saying a lot about yourself. You ever thought about that? Since <laughs> close my eyes and I'll be Superman. Close your eyes and I'll be Superman. I was just sitting there thinking about that. I was like, really? You know, you got, that's, I'm that's, sure you got John Bon Jovi in the background be like, all right, boys, throw one another one about prostitutes. And everybody's talking about somebody <laughs> on Second Avenue again. It's like, dude, come on, man. Enough of I this. I tell you, it's, it's almost worry. like I'll slaughter this one for you, boys. <laughs> I don't plan to slaughter this one. I think it's a decent song. I'm just saying, is that just... Go ahead. All right. (laughs) Slaughter away. Let me go ahead and... I know this is the one you think sucks. Ah, It's coming. All right, go ahead. All right. So I said, uh, first of all, here I am. This riff starts a song is absolutely pure white snake worship. That is a white snake riff from definitely the, 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 the... 
same title album, it sounds like something Whitesnake would write, and I love it. I love that part Sykes. of the song. It sounds like Sykes. Yeah, right it's now. a Sykes riff. It absolutely is. I think it's a rocker. I do think it's a fun listen. The guitar tone on this song is pretty much 80s perfection as far as tone goes. As, and the rest of the album falls in suit as well, guys. I love the tone of uh, Snake and, uh, God, I can't remember the other guy's name. There's two guitarists, in case you guys didn't know. I didn't, we didn't say it. It's Scotty. Scotty Hill. Um, but nonetheless, that. yeah, yeah they've, they've got two guitars. That's why it's so thick. It's why it's a heavier a heavier tone, I guess you could say. Um, you know, vocally, it's Sebastian. I mean, he, he's doing his thing. Uh, I do think the song is very good. And it's not much more than that to me. I think it's a six. That's where I'm at. Chris, what do you think about here? It's not a slaughter, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, it's eh. this was almost my flush, uh, but the more I listened to it, I was like, you know what? This guitar, this is, this is Sabo's song. He shines oh, on this. Riff. This isn't Sebastian's song. Vocally, it's very middle of the road, if not maybe a little worse than middle of the road for this album. But dude, guitar wise, it's one of the best songs on the album. Uh, and, and like the guitar solo is fantastic the pinch harmonics like you brought up man that that is on this and it's all over this the tone his tone is fantastic I, I mean it's really dave sabo's snake sabo's song plus this other guy. i didn't realize, realize it was a second guy so i guess that's why it sounds so good yeah. uh i'm going with a seven on this one okay uh, but it's purely because the guitar is just fantastic if it was just for the vocals this would have been the flush and it would have probably been about a five or something like that but uh, right right yeah all right anthony what do you think about here i am yeah you know i'm with chris on this one i gave it a seven too it's uh, another great tune heavy yet beat it's full of the piss and vinegar we kind of get used to with skid row you know it's everything you'd expect from this band from the vocals to the guitars to the drums I mean, it works. There's no complaints. Like I said, there's not a bad song in this album. Even when it dips a notch, his songs are still great. So uh, it's a hell of a debut album. So, Oh, yeah. Um, Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, let's move us forward. We're going to go to track number nine. It's called Making a Mess. Chris. So making a mess, this song it does start off promising, but it's quick and obvious to me that this one may be filler just because of the riffing. It almost has an Aerosmith "Let the Music Do the Talking" riff. If you guys listen to that song by Aerosmith, it sounds very similar, at least in my ears, 
Um, I mean, it's, it's okay, uh, and that's really about it. It's super fast-paced, but it doesn't seem to have much, uh, and nothing special about the song. Um, I think it's here just to take up space, possibly. And like I said, filler is what I feel like it is because of the strength of this album. This one would be my flush. I found the song to be good, but nothing more. I'm at a five. Chris, what do you think about Making a Mess? Yeah, that's a good point. I can see kind of why you feel that way. I just think it rocks so much, and there's so much swagger on this song, man. I mean, th- this is one that's got a ton of swagger to it. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, vocally, Sebastian sounds great. And I mean, I think the riffs are solid. I mean, I think, again, Sabo's tone on this is fantastic. It's got a really catchy chorus, man. I, I just think it's a fun, rocking song. I'm at a seven. I, I You know, I, oh, wow. it's, uh, to me, it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, I don't think there's a dip on this album, man. I don't think there's a dip at all. This is one of the few albums where there's just no filler and no dip for me. I mean, it's just like, okay. yeah. Maybe a little bit on the last song. I don't mean to give away my flush, but I mean I think I think I'll maybe a little bit of filler song. on that, but not much. Not not much. It's still a great song, man. Like Yeah. All right. All right, Anthony. What'd you think about making a mess? Yeah, you know, I like the way this song kind of bleeds in from the last song. It's got a nice little transition. It's almost mm. like they're two songs together. Um I don't have a lot to say about it other than that. It works. I like the way it moves and grooves. Enjoy the skid row sounds splashed all over. They love to splash stuff on things, so I'm sure it's a good analogy for them. But uh, no complaints. Uh, another great tune that probably suffered because I bet a bunch of people skipped ahead to get to the next song. So uh, give it a seven. Probably a lot of people don't know this song either. But because honestly, you may be so. onto something on that, Anthony. You'll be because you're right. The next song is the one you want to hear when you're listening to the, to the side. And the, I the feel side, like the, the last song probably suffered wild. for the same reason. You're like, I hear it, I'm out. You know, I'm moving on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I bet you a lot of people don't even remember Midnight because you go Trader. from Youth Gone Wild and you're like, eh, eh, and then you get I Remember You, and you're like, wow. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I feel that, dude. I, I really do, and that's maybe reflective as to why my scores are lower. To be honest with you. I bet I you know. I said it in my notes with the last song, too. I said, I bet you if you told a lot of people, there's a song after I Remember You. They're like, really? Because <laughs> I bet yeah. you a lot of people stop the album after I Remember You. I bet you a million dollars. I'll say possible. this. When I'm sitting here listening to this album, I mean, I know almost every song. Like I'm like singing along to it, and I didn't listen to it. I mean, well, this was a short week for us guys. I might have gotten four listens in on this. Uh, I don't know Midnight Tornado. I know every other song, so I did that. I'm guilty of that. I guarantee, right, yeah, right, I know. yeah. There's some songs I, I, that just. I suffered. was wondering, was this in the, was this actually on the original album, or did they like add right. it later or something? You know, I mean, I, know, I don't I was know. Thinking that too. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I pulled the original release track list, and I just, I wish I could tell y'all side one and side two, but yeah, yeah. unreal. All right, well, let's move us forward. Track number ten. I remember you.
So this is, in my ears, the second ballad of the night, and it's far superior prior to the prior song, 18 in Life. Um, man, I've always loved this song, and I feel like it's certainly one of the strongest ballads to come out of the 80s. I mean, vocally, it's outstanding. I'm honestly surprised that Sebastian Bach did not lean more toward this style of singing versus his kind of gruff uh, vocals that he does on, you know, on the rocking songs. Because his voice is outstanding on this song. I mean, it's obviously easy to sing along with. Memorable. Lyrically, it grabs your heart. Uh, it's just simply outstanding. Um, I don't think it's perfection, but it's darn close. I'm at a nine and a half. Chris, what do you think about I Remember You? Yeah, I was just listening to that through the headphones. That guitar solo, man. What is it about it's these amazing. 80s power ballads? I think some of the best guitar solos come out of these power ballads. They do, man. I mean, that was just so good listening to that. Probably because the guys are afraid they're going to seem kind of weak. They want to make sure a little more power in there. You know? <laughs> well, we don't want to be too I, I, soft. We want to make sure was, we have a little edge. You know, but I don't yeah. think this one was over the top. I think it just fit it perfectly. Uh, you're right, yeah. man. Sebastian's vocals. I mean, this this guy, the tone he has in his voice, and it's just like perfect, man. I mean, he, he's got he's a great anything. voice for ballads. He really does. Right. Uh, that's like I said, that guitar is all fantastic. This is this is like a high school dance song, man. This is one it you is. can. It feels like you know what I mean. Uh, I tell you what, I almost let you guys influence me. I'm not going. I'm giving it a ten. Like I like I, I was. I, I know I'm going three tens tonight. That's crazy. I know, but damn it, this is perfection. It is for this genre. Uh, That's cool, man. I'll tell you what, I, and I know I, I'm fanboying this a little bit. I, I'll hit this in the outro here when we talk about it, because because this album. I had some thoughts about the time and everything when this thing came out, but uh, that, yeah, that solo put it over the top. I was listening to that back. I had nine and a half written down here. I was like, nah, I'm giving this a 10. This is a 10. <laughs> All right, Anthony, what do you think about I Remember You? Uh, songfacts.com. I said, this yearning song is about a guy who can't let go of the memory of the girl he loves. His days are endless and his nights sleepless as he obsesses over her, refusing to move on. We've all been there, right? Uh, Skid Row bass player Rachel Bolin is responsible for the lyric. He often lyrics. He often writes about down on their luck dudes who have trouble fitting into society. Bolin wrote it with the guitarist Dave Snake Sabo, of course, the driving force of the band. In 2003, I didn't listen to this, but I might have to go back and listen to it. Skid Row sporty new vocalist Johnny Solinger re-recorded the song and re-released it as "I Remember You Too" on their album Thick Skin. This version is at a far faster tempo, redone for Solinger's condensed vocal range. To say that this was not well received would be putting it mildly. Fans practically had an album burning because of it. <laughs> I need to listen to that. I do too. I admit to going thick <laughs> wow. skin. I mean, come on, Skid Row, you're better than that. For goodness <laughs> sake, this is wow. early 2000s. You're still doing this stuff, so um, you know, man, it's two perfect songs on one album for me. This is another ten. 
from the acoustic opening to the way this song builds, the vocals, the guitars, the guitar solo, the drums, the ebbs and flows. I mean, the chorus, I, the vocals, I could go on and on and on. It's, it's a perfect power ballad, perfection for the hair genre, and simply perfection for Skid Row, man. It's a 10. Easy, easy 10. So, um, Good yeah. deal. All right. Final track. Track number 11. It's called Midnight Tornado. Chris? This song has a riff that reminds me of a mixture of Rats Wanted Man and Rats Never Use Love. Probably two influential bands for this band at the time, uh, or two influential songs, I should say. And that riff absolutely makes me smile. Uh, I think it's a great ending for this. I know what's coming up from you, Chris, and I get it. Uh, but I think uh, this is a, it's a fantastic song to end this record with. Um, and Anthony made the absolute perfect point you get to I Remember You and you just turn it off because you don't even think about anything else at that point. This song is absolutely a ripper and it is a great, great tune. I mean, Skid Row is going out on a killer song and this is how I love to see an album end. I mean, you slow it down with a ballad and you send them out with a freaking screamer. I think this song is excellent. I'm in an eight and Chris, God, I know you're getting ready to slaughter it. Here we go. Nah, that's no slur, but somehow had to get it. So. Chris's Flush of the Week. You don't always need a flush. Not every album has one. Well, I'm giving one to every album. I mean, I think it's fair since certain ones Master of Puppets. What's the flush? Uh, the instrumental. There isn't one. Yeah, right exactly. answer. Is that Orion? Is that on that? Is that the flush? I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> okay you know it, it is a solid closer and, and it feels kind of like something that that flows a little more into the next album as far as that goes i, I feel like it's kind of like sets up the next album um yeah i feel a little bad but it does feel a little generic it's got a little b-side-ish sound to it um i guess the tornado is that little outro that the last minute of the song because uh, i don't know it's like midnight slash tornado i, I never did get you'd be nice anywhere. to the tornado did nothing <laughs> well, the tornado is fine. Time. Nothing wrong with the tornado. It's not a bad song at all. Uh, it's just the weakest song on a very strong album. That, that's all it boils down to. You know, I will say when I was listening back, I almost got a little docking sound to these guys on this song. I, it kind of gave me that vibe. 
I guess Lynch did a lot of those pinch harmonics, didn't he? That's kind of a big thing he did back he in the did. day, too. Yeah. Well, if yeah. it's Dawkins, then yeah, you should have flushed it. Definitely, if it's Dawkins. <laughs> oh my God, Anthony, you were doing. <laughs> nah, it, for You're me, fired. it's six and a half. Very good to to great, and that's you know, normally I mean, six that's and a half. That's score. still a good flush, yeah. man. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it, it's, it's the good. it's the weakest song on a fantastic album. Is all it is. So yeah, that's that's my score there. All right, Anthony, wrap this one up with the midnight. What do you think about the tornado midnight song? <laughs> you know, it's a opening note said, I bet this song wasn't heard by a lot of people back in the day. I wrote that. They either rewound the tape or skip back on the CD in order to hear I remember you one more time or a few more times or turning off the album. And I said that. And if I bet if you ask people, they'd remember the song. Finish the album was one before. But anyways, you know, it's a solid tune from start to finish. Heavy, loud. I'm going to use that word one more time. Bombastic. Uh, just a great word for this song. Band is on point. It's another speaker tester kind of song. Excellent way to leave you wanting more. Killer guitar solo. Nice transitions. No complaints, man. I give this one an eight. I think it's an excellent, excellent tune. And uh, yeah. Yeah. No Fabulous. issues. All right. Well, we'll move on to the final thoughts on this record. And I will. This is this is confession time. I'll be honest with y'all. I've never been that big of a fan of Skid Row. Take me to church. I do. I do like the uh, follow-up album, Slave to the Grind, a little bit, and I, and I do like this album as well. But some for some reason over the years, it just never fell into my rotation as a regular. Um, I do like the song. I do like some of the songs. I typically uh, listen to them as they pop up on satellite radio, unless of course it is valid. I I may change the channel. But uh, overall, man, this is a great listen, and I dare say this may be essential listening for anyone wanting to go back and revisit the roots of hair. I mean, this is fantastic so. uh this was released at the tail end of the 80s uh but it more than qualifies to be among the hair greats the musicianship on this record is excellent sabo is one of the great guitars from this era i will say this and, and this is how i feel about the song placement on this record i think it's perfect i rarely ever will say the placement is great because the way the songs flow the hard rock and opener a couple of mid-paced rockers and then you got a, a slow down then you got another fast pace and then you flip it over and you got youth gone wild boom 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 and then you kind of going out with i remember you and then they just kick you right in the face as it goes out with the uh, midnight tornado um i'll be honest with you there's some deep cuts on this record that are that are shining stars in my opinion and um you know all i can say is this is a great record great listen um i, I feel like i may have missed out on this record more than i you know more than i should have being a fan of this genre Overall's at a seven and a half, man. I think it's a perfect score for this record. That's just where it comes to me, and absolutely great listen, Chris. What's your final thoughts? Yeah, I was I was thinking about this this week. Uh, this album came out in 1989. We were all sophomores in high school when this album came out, and I probably bought it around 1990. Whenever you know, it's, it's I didn't buy it as soon as it came out, but you know, when as soon as some of these yeah, songs yeah. started getting on the radio, I bought it. Um, had the CD, I remember. Uh, and luckily, my car had a CD player at that point. So, uh, rich boy, I, yeah. I guess I don't know, but uh, I, I, this is one that I cruised around to a lot back in the day, and you know, it, it showed because I knew these. Man, after one listen, I hadn't listened to this thing in twenty plus years. After one listen, I knew almost every song, like every chorus, even 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 in the verses. You know, like I knew most of this album. Uh, so there was a lot of nostalgia on this one. Uh, there were three massive hits on this album, period. I mean, it was just like, for the time, massive hits. I, Sebastian Bach, vocally, the guy is just tremendous. I mean, he 
These guys came out the wrong time. Let's just be honest. If they'd have come out 85, 86, they'd have been a much bigger band. They would have. I mean, guitar tone, uh, those, you know, Sabo, Snake, he, he's fantastic guitarist. He really is. I mean, it, some of the, the riffs on this album are just great. It's one of these albums, you know, you look down here, eight, seven, eight, nine, in that range, you usually get some dips. I personally did not feel like there was a dip on this album. I mean, really, like, here I am making a mess. That's usually where you get just kind of like, eh, we'll throw some filler in here. I didn't feel like I was even filler. I feel like both of those songs just rocked like hell. Rhythm section, I mean, you can tell Rachel Bolin was one of the writers because he got a lot of bass lines in there and stuff and, and did a really good job with that, too. You know, it's a shame these guys, I feel like I feel like they slaved to the ground the next album. It's got a little more edge to it, and I feel like they set themselves up pretty well to go into the 90s. I but they just couldn't exactly get along. Right. I mean, I think Snake and, and and Sebastian just could not get along. And it's a shame because, I mean, it kind of put them both into obscurity after the fact when they broke. I mean, together they were fantastic, separated. I mean, I don't, you can't you can't right. replace Sebastian Bach. The guy's too good a vocalist, and he defines your band. And I know they, they didn't feel that way, I'm sure, because they brought him in and hired him to be their singer. I mean, it's Snake and, and Boland's band, but, like, I'm telling you, man, without a guy like a front man like that, that's that's what made the band, whether they want to believe it or not. And I've listened to interviews on both sides, and it was a pretty messy breakup they had. And to this day, they hate each other. So there's no, but man, if these guys could just put it aside and tour together, they instead of playing little, little clubs, they'd be playing arenas. It you know, would it was be just, massive. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee right. John Bon Jovi to hire him to come out and. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian could take over for John right now with his vocals. Like, exactly. Lord, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, anyway, uh, yeah, my total overall was eight point two. That's pretty high. Like when when you round it wow. up, I mean, yeah. yeah well, you it's, got it's a shade over yeah. uh, excellent for me. I mean, it's just some great songs on this album, and not much filler. So, fair enough. Anthony, what's your final thoughts? It's funny you mentioned that about that. And I was listening to their second album, which I encourage anyone to listen to after this one. It's oh, a really it's a good album. Got a lot of great songs on it. I was thinking how perfectly they were set for. There's some grungy songs on there a few times, yeah. and I was like, this but, band is perfectly poised to take on the '90s. They absolutely and move out were. of the hair genre. Yeah, they, they only, set themselves up well. I agree, man. I mean, and and they had a vocalist who could easily do it too. He could easily take them into the next level and keep them there until the music kind of where they got again where this kind of music got popular again um and it's a shame they couldn't do it um but at the same time you have a debut album this strong in the hair genre it's hard to break that mold and do something different it really because you really set yourself up to be very firmly in this genre but you gotta you gotta agree though is Anthony. More the second album is heavier and edgier oh, than the second first album. Heavy. I mean, they did adjust, they adjusted hell. They went out and headlined a tour with Pantera off the next yeah. album. But I know if that doesn't show something. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, I'm rocked like to, hell. Pantera when I was to that second one, I could hear. <laughs> oh sure, yeah. I could hear elements of the Alice in Chains album on that second album from Skid Row that we listened to with a few weeks ago. I mean, they oh wow, they definitely had some same riffs and same sounds and stuff. You know, I mean. Wasted Love is an amazing power ballad, but uh, it's also very heavy and dark as well, man. Right. It's not a normal power, power ballad, so I think it's Wasted Love. It's the last one on the album. Um, wow. But yeah, man, it's a shame. That's a great album, too. But uh, yeah, I wrote that uh, I'm glad we had a chance to dive into this one this week. You know, I hear the big hits off of this album all the time, but simply forget how great the rest of the album is. This was a killer debut, and if you got to have at least one hit album, 
it should be this good. I can easily recommend it to our audience. And if you haven't heard it in a bit, do yourself a favor and spin it when this episode is over, as yeah. well as the next one. My final rating came out to be 8.2 as well, Chris. So it's somewhere between. Wow. Uh, well, you guys are spot on. So. What's that? Do you, you guys are spot on with each other. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we're pretty similar on this one. We, we must ride around the car and listen to this one. Together. Oh, I know. I listen to this all the time. I wore it. And when you think about the time frame, like there were some great albums from the early 80s and mid 80s, but we weren't really driving age when those albums came out. We were younger. You're right. This was like on the radio when we were driving. And this is yeah, the kind of stuff we listen to. About 89 is when we all started. Well, can you tell me an album driving. in 89 that's better than yeah, this? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. In 89? So, I mean, I know you're going to go something Metallica, but like it's hair metal. Justice for all, but hey, you know, that's just This me. is better. I'm sorry. This is better. What? It is better. Oh, I know justice. you love Metallica. This is this has okay. hits on, all over it, dude. Time, oh, my God. time for a think? versus episode. Help me. <laughs> Make it work. Help me. Make, Make it work. F it. Let's do it. No, Next episode, Master let's Puppets go against is better Justice than for this. All, Justice for All versus Skid Row. Dude, it's, it's eight it's, versus eleven. Those would be tough. Doesn't to matter. Do. No, doesn't I'm matter. telling you right now, man. This is better. It is. It's got more hits. It's like more radio friendly. Justice is an awesome album, but it's not their best out of that time frame. Master is so much better than that album. That's the one that they took the bass out of, right? I mean, give me a break, man. Oh my God, it is the heaviest freaking record from 1989. <laughs> period. <laughs> Well, okay, I will say the heaviest. Order. I said the best. Heaviest than the best. Uh, I would pick Justice for what do you All. Think, Anthony? One hundred out of one hundred times over Skid Row. Well, I'm sure you would. What do yeah, you think, Anthony? I probably would too. Would you? Okay. Well, you, just, you guys are yeah. fanboys with Metallica. I love. I mean, like, I love Metallica too. But I will say <laughs> the 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 older I get, the higher Kill 'Em All goes on that list. It's their top three albums of all time. Kill it might be above justice. I mean, it might. It's be. pretty it's, repetitive. It's album, though. You have to admit, like it's just it's a, lot of, a lot of the same sound over and over again. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong, I do. But it's true. I don't hear it, man. I mean, Justice <laughs> had all those epics that they they really went from. I guess a bunch right. of nice Justice epics. did have one, so, on it, didn't they? Not beyond that. That was when Metallica kind of started making their songs longer and more flushed out and more fuller, and they jumped all off. Right, of the puppets I, I dial that comment so. back. But beyond Metallica, which you're always going to pick a Metallica album, can you give me another album that's better than this? I, from that I'm time sure frame? I could if you give me a couple minutes. Well, you're going to yeah. look at the big four, but I'm talking like not not that genre, but just like in the mainstream rock genre. Uh, mainstream rock? No, I don't know if there is or not. Um, I mean, it was, honestly, a like I said, it's a killer debut album, man. It really is. It really you was. Can't, These guys, yeah, debut. victims of the time, man. Victims of the time. Holy crap, dude! There's All a, right, so if you, you get had, a chance, oh my god, go there's on, a ton of albums. Chris, go Dr. online Feelgood, and Motley type in, came out that year. This Pump is from Aerosmith came out that year. Okay, uh, Doctor Feelgood. Eh, that's it's pretty not really good. good. This is better than Doctor Feelgood. Let's just be honest, guys. Definitely, this is better. Definitely, Dangerous definitely Toys' better. first album came out. Come on, Grand, Dang, this is better Dangerous than Dangerous Toys. toys. Great radio controversy came out in '89. I wonder how that would rate in yours. That's better. That's better. Much better. Anything well, Kiss gonna, is better than Skid Kiss right? Hot He's, in the Shade came out in 89. This is better. <laughs> oh, my God. You are crazy. Tell me some songs off Hot in the Shade. Hot in the Shade? Yeah, Hot in the Shade? That. It, is that the one that's got the slow song that was so damn famous for him? Everybody's got a reason. Is Reason to Live on Everybody's this Everybody's got no, a reason it was on, to No, that's on, it's on Crazy baby. Nights, isn't it? <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting off topic. We we're we're losing our minds back here. We need to get this back on the rails. Good Lord. But I, I will All say, right, go online, go online and look up like, I think it was the best 
hair metal bands that you forgot or something like that. And there was like, they listed like 50 bands. There was like Gorky Park that I'd forgotten about. And oh, wow. Bang Tango and all these crazy names. And I remember these bands, but some of them I didn't remember, man. It was like, you know, they came in right around this time. Was Gorky it was Park like, a side project for the Scorpions? Didn't they have some song about it? No. <laughs> oh, my I, God. That just popped into my head. There's a bunch, man. Hey, Anthony, before you go further, on that Hot in the Shade album, Hide Your Heart was on it. Forever was on it. Two of their biggest, I guess, ballads. Yeah, I that's, remember Forever. That's got a couple. Well, of I know you're a Kiss fanboy, and I know Anthony is a Tesla fanboy. So you gotta, you guys are gonna like pick your boys. But this was a fantastic album, and it, it, it doesn't I have a dip. That's just all there is I, to I, it. It does not have. Well, it doesn't and, have and a I got a feeling if we did like a comparison, Kiss has probably got a few dips in there somewhere. I mean, I just, oh, yeah. I'm gonna assume. No doubt about it. No yeah. doubt about it. But you're but I'm saying that this is yeah, Skid Row, fantastic release. Right. For sure. For sure. Let's move it along. Anthony, you're ever your pick. God. Yes. And in this corner, weighing in at approximately 180 pounds. The ace of Apex. The Italian Stallion. The Ballad Boy. It's Anthony with his pick. Of the week. All right, guys. Okay. I don't want to get crucified next week. I really don't. I really don't. <laughs> Depends so. on what this pick is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Take your time. Oh, my God. I can't wait. The suspense is killing us. Anthony is secretly plotting against us as we speak. He is figuring out something that will absolutely make us go crazy or make us cheer him. What will it be? The thing is, I have got one in mind that I want to do, but I've been crucified with the other female vocalists that I've done. So I'm thinking almost doing a pick four. I got four albums I might do. And I might just say pick four so I don't get crucified for the one that gets picked. So we we pick between one and four. Is that right? Let Siri pick between one and four. Like, well, no, we it. don't know what the four are. So yeah, you got to you got to like, say the four albums so we know okay, what Siri's going to tell. I, hey, girls, <laughs> put your dresses down and calm down a minute. Skirt her down. Okay. Skirt her down. Put your skirts down. You know, wipe away the mascara for just one Ooh, second. Let's hear your um, options. This will be great. Vixen is the one I really want to get into. I really like this album, but I'm afraid you guys are going to misogynistically crucify it. So that's number one. Number two was going to be Priest, Screaming for Vengeance, diving back into them again. Three, White Lion's Big Game, which uh, I want to dive back one. into again. Big good one. And then four is uh, White Snake's next album after Slip of the did. Tongue. Yeah. Slip of the Tongue. So one of those four, as I was saying, as I want to dive into a couple of extra, you know, White Lion and all them. So sure. No, Jimmy, do a one to four and let's see which one it is. Yeah. Oh, heck. All right. Let's do it, shall we? Hey Siri, pick a number between one and four. A random number between one and four is one. Ah, it's Vixen. I got something for you, Anthony. I read somewhere that their periods attract bears. (laughs) (laughs) Bears can smell the menstruation. 
right here. I was, right waiting. Here. This, I was waiting on it. This is the problem right here. Is oh, this God. kind of crap? This album is really solid. Hey, hey, it's Steve Carell. It's not me, man. If, he, he if Siri, Siri clearly wants us to listen to Vixen, so we're going to have to listen to Vixen this week. But those are my next three. You're yeah. doing Vixen, Anthony. You're, you're locked in. Yeah, we're locked hey, in now. I'm, I'm telling she overheard this whole I, conversation. Was like, did. nope, you're going to the Vixen. Yeah, well, the three did. also beyond that are the next three I'm going to be picking. So you guys get ready for. I do. That is great. I love doing it that way because it kind of it kind of makes it random. I, you know what? It's fun. We'll worry about the priest, but the other ones will probably be pretty good. Oh my oh, man, god, that's a killer priest. Oh, amazing Lord. album. Chris, no, not, Chris is not the biggest uh, Halford fan. That's the thing, man. But yeah, it's a great album. Chris. It really is. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm not listening to it very much. It's a solid album. I will say that. But yeah, this Vixen album should be fun. We did. Have we done Aerosmith on this show yet? We have. We did Pump. Yeah, we did uh, Pump. Yeah. Okay, I can't remember. So those are my, my next pick. four picks. That was my so, pick, uh, by the way. So was a good Vixen album. it is, man. Year, I'm man. sorry. I, like I said, I tried to play the random God so you guys wouldn't crucify me, but don't blame me. I tried. I tried to I give you some Siri. extra options. <laughs> blame Thanks, Siri. Siri. All right. But it's a killer album, man. There's only like one song. The very last song is kind of like, eh, like maybe a five. It's more filler. Probably don't need it on here. It feel like one of those... We have some extra space on the CD. Let's throw this song on there, kind of song to me. But other than that, man, there's some rocking tunes, and the girls, they're killing it on that album. So, Well, I can't yeah. wait to give it. I haven't listened to this album in, oh, my God, 30 years. Yeah, there's good I tunes. I mean, it's a lot. Whenever it came out, was it, was it 88? 88 or 89 around this time. Wow. I know two songs on the album. They're both pretty good. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, so, I don't I never, I don't think I had this record. I'm, I mean, I've seen the videos. You know, I mean, but... I was surprised that Lita got such trash, and I was surprised I had so much trouble out of heart when I picked it. So uh, you didn't pick the right. I'm not trying to pick to make you guys hurt. I'm just trying to pick some different stuff to listen to. So uh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No, you I, should, you I should get on '80s heart because like they had some massive hits. I will go back to '80s way. heart. I'm actually, you don't have to do that. That was actually a pretty. I mean, honestly, it opened my eyes. <laughs> Jimmy's like, please do. don't. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I eventually I like to get an '80s heart. I want to try an '80s heart album too at some point in time. So. Good lord! So, all right, anyway. Anthony, what you got going on this week, man? Uh, song lines and tan lines is uh, it's midnight and I'm not famous yet. Uh, with my live pick this week, so I'm running through the summer of live still. That'll be going to about September, so just a way for me not to have to record a bunch of stuff while the kids are home. So that's awesome, man. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, we'll wrap this thing up for the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. And this is it. 